Hello. Once again, this is Penelope, the podcast. It's a good time. Um, somewhere there's someone named Alexander who's really curious why this is happening to him. But he can just stay in his dimension, locked away forever. Just kidding. I'm right here. This is Alexander, the podcast. Penelope isn't real. She's a figment of your imagination. That's right, my friends. Well, anyway, got an interesting show. First of the year. We're going to do this. I mean, it's not like literally. It's, well, so I record this on the Saturday or Sunday uh, before I release it on the Monday uh, when it comes to the audio and the Wednesday when it comes to the video for YouTube alone. Everywhere else is just audio. Of course, you can find that at the Linktree link. I got, you know, iHeart, Pandora, and all that stuff, all that good stuff, whatever you like. Regardless, um, I came here to party. I brought some papayas and uh, some pinatas, and uh, I'm just, you know, I'm ready to, ready to have a party. Just, you know, by myself, social distancing. Maybe I'll get some friends on Skype, and they can bring their pinatas and papayas, and we can just have a good time. So um, anyway, um, without further ado, uh, you know, if you got any potato lockies, feel free to throw it at the scene, the screen, just because... I like them, and they're delicious. Yummy. So anyway, um, I hope I didn't scare you away. If I did, then, you know, you don't belong here anyway. <laughs> Got you. Well, anyway, I'm having fun. Are you? Are you? Without further ado, I came across this amazing remix from a group, uh, I think a DJ called Now Now, and um, re- uh, remixing a Joy Wave track called Coming Apart, which I've noticed a, uh, a few different artists are remixing Joy Wave tracks. I noticed one from Paris that I didn't actually get a chance to listen to just yet, but uh, this one came on my release radar as I was checking that out yesterday, and uh, yeah, um, it really struck my ear. A lot of cool, interesting stuff going on, so here's a little snippet from uh, Now Now's remix of Joy Wave song coming up. That's the one. Obviously, that's uh, really, really cool. Um, just so trancy and interesting and all over the place, but the production value is really what caught my ear. Um, like, I've heard, like, when it comes down to it, mixes and production value are so shoddy in most genres and realms outside of, like, um, like mid to upper tier EDM. I don't know what it is about EDM producers, and it's like I'm not really a huge EDM fan at all. I don't really like listen to it casually. That's like one of very few EDM-ish things I will probably listen to on my own time on a regular basis. But like, I just love that kind of that chord progression and that 
I like that. I use a lot of that in my own music as well. But when they, with the production value of what now now is bringing to the table and the um, the the quality of the sounds being used, I just absolutely love that remix, and I had to show it off. So that came out about a month ago. It did pop up on my release radar this week somehow. It didn't. You know, I wish I had seen it a month ago. Spotify, thank you. I do have uh, other methods, but the release radar is reliable just because it's based on, you know, stuff I already listened to. And, you know, I, uh, I really like to share stuff that I just, I really personally know I'm going to enjoy quite a bit. So regardless, make sure you check out Now Now and uh, Coming Apart, the Joy Wave remix. And make sure you check out Joy Wave. I went ahead and uh, checked out some of, a lot of Joy Wave's music after that as well because I hadn't really been very familiar with them and yeah super interesting group super fun to listen to and super good time regardless uh this next one this next new release this came out last week actually on Christmas wow Papa Roach dropped a remix a remaster of Last Resort um, and it just sounds phenomenal. So <laughs> I just wanted to show you some of this Here's a snippet of Last Resort 2020. No love for myself and a love for another. Searching to find a love upon a higher level. Finding nothing but questions and devils. Cause I'm losing my sight, losing my mind. So obviously that's a much updated remix from where they were prior on the original uh, version of that song that we all listened to in elementary or middle or preschool or <laughs> in the womb. <laughs> you never know. Where were you in, uh, what was that then? That was definitely the 90s or late 90s or early thousands. No, it was the early thousands. What am I saying? It's the new metal era. What am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like to prepare all the facts ahead of time and know everything. I more just like to vibe out and, uh, you know, if I really need to check something out or if I'm really wrong about something, hey, let me know. But I'm more here to just share cool music with you and, you know, do the thing, hang out, have a good time, party, you know? Did you, did you, bring, did you bring party favors? All, all that I wanted was pizza rolls. You just needed to bring a bag of pizza rolls if you didn't do that, I'm offended. I'm so offended with your face and its lack of pizza rolls that have been brought to the party. Anyway, uh, Foo Fighters put out a new song this week. I love the Foo Fighters. I'm not particularly impressed with this song. Like, I don't not like it. But it's like, from what I've come to expect from the Foo Fighters, it's cool enough for me to want to share. But, like, shame was amazing. It was like one of the coolest hooks I've heard on a alternative song from the genre just in years. And I, uh, yeah, I really kind of wanted more out of the following songs from this upcoming record, but I do enjoy this song. I'm going to still listen to it and still leave it on my regularly listened to things. But um, yeah, I do, uh, I feel like, I feel like there's going to be some more 
some songs with more juice on this, uh, this upcoming record. And I'm very excited to hear uh, what they got for us on uh, Medicine at Midnight, which is the upcoming album. Uh, but this next song is it's, uh, called No Son of Mine. So here's a little snippet of No Son of Mine. Uh, no Son of Mine! Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, very different from Shame. Shame is a little more funky, a little more vibey, had that amazing hook. And this has, you know, still a really good hook and, uh, you know, still just incredible production value. Those guitars sound huge. Those drums sound huge. Of course they do. This is Dave Grohl we're talking about. But uh, regardless, I thought this uh, the song is, is good. You know, as you can see, I, I do like it. It's just um, I thought compared to Shame that it wasn't quite in the same realm of quality, but I mean, it's just, you know, it's still awesome. This album's still gonna be great. I'm still gonna buy it. Just still definitely support the Foo Fighters and everything they're doing, because they are still very talented. They're still doing very amazing things, spreading incredibly positive energy. And uh, everything Dave Grohl does just puts a smile on my face. I follow him on Instagram, because he's just, he's awesome. He's cool. But yeah, anyway, um, this next song I'm gonna show off is a, a cover of a Johnny Cash song uh, by a man called Marty Stewart. There's actually been a, uh, a compilation of Johnny Cash covers going around. They've just been really, um, really incredible. I've really been enjoying it. Uh, the, I believe the, the box set is called Johnny Cash Forever Words Expanded. So make sure to check that out. It's really incredible, but also this cover specifically, I just thought it's, it's just so awesome. It's called uh, I've Been Around. It's a cover of I've Been Around. Uh, it's by Marty Stewart. Covers awesome. The production value is awesome. The strings just sound incredible. His voice sounds incredible. There's just this bassy boom under it. It's just, oh, it's, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, definitely going to check out more Marty Stewart. This came out, I guess, December 10th and um, somehow only has 681 views on YouTube. So go and check this out immediately Like if you think that that sounds cool because it's really awesome. And this... Uh, yeah, this, all these covers from Johnny Cash that I've been hearing have just been incredible. So make sure that you go ahead and you check this out. It's really cool. Really cool. Love the tributes. Love the, uh, love the vibes. It's good stuff. 
It's the next one. It's the next one. What do we got? So, Attack Attack put out new music. Uh, and I don't know if you, you know, I know I have a variety of aged listeners. So, um, Attack Attack has is this band from uh, the 2010s, you know, like early, like maybe 2010, 2009, 2008. And they did that, you know, this this crab core stuff where essentially they are they're playing their guitars really low they do squats while they play their guitars and they bang their heads while they do it and i always thought it looked really goofy <laughs> every band tried to replicate it for 10 years and i'm sorry attack attack i just i never understood the meaning of crab core i would really love i i would be open minded to a conversation about what crab core means to you <laughs> you know should anybody come across this that is is very into the deep meaning of crabcore? <laughs> but I can't figure it out. Regardless, um, this new music I went in not expecting much, not to be not to be that guy. But of course, you know, a few of the you know original members that we came to know and love weren't you know exactly uh, you know available to be a part of this album. And you know, we we understand, we understand. Not no no hard feelings there, but I mean I went in kind of like well so what are the <laughs> what do we got guys and um, this song all my life which came out December seventh um, I don't know how this stuff is just catching up now I think there weren't many new releases over the the holiday season understandably I think everybody needed a break from everything I know I did I know uh you know not that I took more than a <laughs> day or two off from busting my butt on whatever it is I'm working on, but you know, uh, what are you gonna do? You know, you gotta do things. You gotta do things. It's kind of just like, what's, work's fun now. It's just like, you know, working on music, podcasts, talking to awesome people like you. If you're listening to this, then I definitely mean you. So yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, tack Tack put out a new song, All My Life. It's pretty great. I'm gonna show you a little snippet of it. Here we go. about this is uh i mean i do i really genuinely like this song a lot um the chorus doesn't really go with a safe groove it doesn't go with that you know i love that like it's really cool um it's not like you know original it's not like a different groove that has never been used before but it's used in a really cool different way especially for them like it's not anything i would have expected um when the song started i was like oh here we go another bring me the horizon copycat and then they hit the chorus and it's like i don't think bring me the horizon wouldn't have written a chorus like that and i think it's really cool um the way they pulled it off 
the tone and the voice is uh, really great. Kind of like, you know, there's like that frantic emotion that's really comes across very well. Um, and then it goes into a breakdown and I know for like, you know, my listeners who not, not into the heavier stuff, you know, that might've been like, Oh, this sounds kind of childish. But I mean, like, you know, when it comes down to, uh, you know, myself and fans of heavier music, um, and people who knew attack attack back in their heyday, I think, uh, it's, that was a really cool reminiscent feel without quite, you know, copying what they already have done in the past. So yeah, I thought that was a really cool single, um, really cool song. I have not checked out the rest of the album yet. I just heard the song for the first time, I think, <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> so definitely need to uh, go ahead and check that out. Pretty much everything I share on here is something I've heard usually within the past two days, so I can give you like my fresh take on it. And uh, when I go in and I listen to it, I'm kind of giving you a reaction, like an honest reaction to as well, because I know some of you like to know, like, how do I feel about it? Well, I feel good. I tell you. And then you can also look at my face. I mean, if you're on YouTube. Not that I'm trying to like encourage or drive people to go to uh, one platform specifically. But I mean, like, if you are curious what my facial expressions are doing during the song when that happens, I'm rocking out. Because, like, I kind of want this to feel like we're all, like, you know, just hanging out, listening to stuff together. Listening to stuff together. Anyway. Um, yeah, really cool uh, video that goes along with that with animation. Definitely be sure to check that out. Show some support for the boys and attack, attack. Yeah, I came here to party once again. They did too. They always come to party. I mean, if if you remember them from the Warp Tour days, <laughs> I saw them when uh, when Caleb was front uh, first starting to front uh, the Caleb Shomo from Beartooth, of course, um, who was not involved with this record from my understanding. But I mean, of course, he's you know he's busy with Beartooth, who's massive and amazing. But uh, yeah, I saw them back in I think 2009 or 2010. Um, I can't remember the specific year, but they played uh, played the lot. It was super hot and uh, big old mosh pit, and like you could tell they were tired. They did a really good job. Like they crushed it, and the crowd loved it. But it's like I could see that. It was like my first glimpse of. Uh, Really seeing just that that look of like you haven't slept in weeks, <laughs> but like you know, like um, they still crushed it though. It's like those are that's that's who the the pros are. That's who I, you know, um, once I get out on the road, that's what I long to be is just somebody that's just good to go. You know, that's uh, we went out. I finally got to go out on a tour with Fathom Farewell last year, and you know, we did uh, sixteen days in a row, and with one or two days off, and. It was just spectacular. Uh, it was everything I hoped it could be. And to be honest with you, like um, the the sleepiness doesn't really. You're kind of like out there and you're just like, "We're I'm out here. We out here. Woo!" And that like just supersedes the exhaustion. I feel like for the people that are meant to be there, I know that it doesn't for everyone. For a fact, um, sleeping in a van can be extremely exhausting. And you're not like when you get out there and you see what like you're not. You're like, we did good enough to be able to not lose money, but the way that it worked is kind of like, you know, we couldn't stay in a hotel every night. I mean, we could, but we wouldn't have came back with, you know, we would have probably ended up owing some money on like the van or somewhere else. And uh, the fact is, there's just, it comes down to when you start seeing 
what you can pocket if you don't go to a hotel like for the band um, or a B&B or something like that. You just, you really start to weigh your options and, you know, sleeping in the van just ends up being more feasible. So it's like, if you don't like sleeping in a van, you're going to make the tour less economically effective, which just, it's such a nightmare (laughs) because sleeping in a van sucks. But I mean, that's, you know, that's really, honestly, that's the beginning. You know, it's the first tour that we did, and we we honestly, for the vast majority of it, had places to stay because we were able to find very nice people that offered us uh, places to stay. But you can't, you know, leave and not know where you're staying every night and go, well, we're just going to find somewhere to stay. Like, then you're going to end up not finding a place to stay and then sleeping in the van without expecting to do it, and then it's going to be even more uncomfortable. Oh, touring. I miss it so much. I would give anything to hang out in a in a rest stop parking lot for a few hours to kill off time and exit away from a venue that we're gonna play like tonight. I'd literally anything <laughs> would do anything. But uh, regardless, so this next song, uh, this rap group Foster House. I've never heard of them. It doesn't seem like they they only have two hundred fifty four subs on YouTube. So make sure you go check them out if you enjoy this because this is awesome, awesome hip hop. Um, very impressed with this. This came out December 29th, so it's four days ago, super recent. Uh, no, wait, five days ago. Six? Which one? 29, 30, 31, one, two, three. So, but I mean, we're on the sixth day, so it's five days. Okay. Anyway, Foster House. Elementary school math. <laughs> That's what we came here to do. I just threw confetti, so you might want to see this. I'm just kidding around. Anyway, Foster House. Very cool. You need to check this out. Um, super cool. Awesome. Hip hop. Wanna wanna show it to you. Wanna want the shot to you. Here it goes. And I did this album to disembowel them. This is now one wicked outcome. You can't outrun 5,000 climbing down from the throne on the highest mountain. Uh, I'm the rain when the clouds come. Look at how dumb they all sound like. This is one big f- clown show. What's that? about yo are they really serious they just inferior specimens let them in lock the door and let's begin because many men have tried but none have succeeded because i'm undefeated and what they need is practice the fact is i am atlas i got the world on my back and i got your girl doing backflips and i'm a cool mother like sigmund freud collect call bob we had a baby it's your boy camtron can't run gonna get destroyed i'm like leg day kids avoid because this particular curriculum is for the meticulous strictly business when i get up in this don't be ridiculous it's been rigorous and strenuous but when yeah you get this feeling, this really just it's awesome I swear it's uh very cool flow very cool tone i'm not sure who these guys are i need to check this out for sure produced by merc video effects by anthony simone of zen beast no no way um directed by christian lawrence and wesley Ingr- wow i know all of these people well, this is really cool. So, uh, yeah, Foster House is awesome. Um, I got to go hit up my friends after this and be like, yeah, uh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Foster House, incredible, incredible. Sounds uh, very reminiscent of, like, Run the Jewels, which I think is maybe what they're going for. At the same time, it sounds very original. Um, looks very, like, it's put together well. I mean, it's just obviously new, you know, fresh. So they need some support. So, hey, anybody listening to this, make sure you go check out Foster House. Super cool. This is super cool. Uh, directed by 
Christian Lawrence. Christian Lawrence is an incredible uh, video director. Anybody out there needs music videos of any sort, um, definitely check out. Yeah, Christian Lawrence and uh, it says Wesley Ingram. Ingram also helped to uh, direct, but he manages Foster House, I believe. So that's that's really cool that he was involved as well. Um, video effects, Anthony Simone of Zen Beast. If anybody needs any uh, like you know music production or, uh, or, or video production. He's just, he's incredible. He's the drummer of, uh, pathogenic abiotic. Um, he's, he's, uh, he does a ladder math. He does a whole bunch of incredible stuff. Zembeast media is his studio. Wow. This is great. <laughs> I should probably look at the yeah, description before I, I like to discover stuff. That was actually a pleasant surprise to discover that on the show at, you know, while I'm, that's great in real time. Yeah. So Really cool, Foster House. Go check them out right immediately. I mean, that track just spoke for itself. The production value is incredible. The beat's incredible. There's just a lot going on, um, but also very simple at the same time. But like, just you know, it's the, the genius in its simplicity kind of thing. You know, that's what that's what I mean. I don't mean like it's 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 simple. It's too simple. That's not what I mean. Yeah. Regardless, Foster House. Go check them out. Next up, what do we got here? So yeah, that's uh, that's what I got for you for new music for this week. Um, super excited about those tracks. Again, uh, summing it up was uh, Now Now with a remix of Coming Apart by Joy Wave. So Now Now is the the DJ that remixed the song, and the original song coming is Coming Apart by Joy Wave. So make sure you check out Now Now and Joy Wave and show support if you dig it. Um, the next one was a Last Resort remix. So they uh, Papa Roach remastered or had... Last Resort Remastered, or I'm not sure the details, but regardless, it sounds amazing, and I wanted to show it to you. Um, very nostalgic listening to that, and it was just very interesting, because I loved that song in middle school, and I, like, you listen to that next to the old one, and it's just, you notice just how how far the technology has come uh, with production, and just with the things that we're able to do now, and um, just incredible, 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 yeah. So uh, next one was No Son of Mine by Foo Fighters. You know, good track. Still very solid track. Very much worth checking out. Uh, but I also think Shame was a better release. But anyway, that doesn't really mean anything. You know, some songs are better than others. Regardless, some people are going to like this song uh, better. There's a, there's a riff in it that's kind of like... Kind of reminds me of Duhas <laughs> uh, from Romstein. But like, it, there was a preview on Instagram, and it like only showed that part. And I like heard it, and I was like... Are they covering Duhas? And I was like, this is a new Foo Fighters song. And then I went and listened to it. And it's it's not, the, the song is not Duhas at all. It's, uh, you know, completely original and super cool. And, you know, not quite what you'd expect from the Foo Fighters, which I love because they're kind of hitting you with a curveball. But at the same time, I know what you're capable of, Dave Grohl. <laughs> I'm sure the rest of the band helps too. I mean, they must. They must at this point, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, next one was a cover of I've Been Around, which is originally by Johnny Cash, and the cover is by Marty Stewart. Make sure you go check that out. Super cool. He, uh, it's off a compilation of Johnny Cash covers. Uh, make sure you go check that out as well. The uh, next one was All My Life by Attack Attack. Surprisingly great song. I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to, because, like, I mean, I wasn't the biggest of Attack Attack fan back when they were doing their thing. Honestly, um, like... I like this better than what they were doing, which is so surprising. 
Um, I also haven't really listened to their latest album. I didn't really give that much of a chance. I more listened to, you know, the one with Smokehauntus and the one with Stick Stickly and like, you know, it was, it was good. They were good, but I wasn't like blown away. They weren't my favorite band. Um, not that this puts them at the top of my list by any means, but uh, still incredible. Very good release. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the next one was 2020 Foster House. Uh, very, very incredible. Awesome hip hop. Um, I believe they are, they're, uh, they're not massive yet. You know, they're, they're going to get there though. So make sure you go and show them your support because they definitely really need it. All right. So that's for new music. Next up, the historical shout out. I got an interesting one for you today. One that not a lot of people, uh, I hadn't really heard about her for a very long time, but Sister Rosetta Tharp is, uh, was the first great recording star of gospel music. And she was also the first person to use electric guitar. Uh, like, well, not maybe the first, but she was like of the first blues musicians and quite possibly was the first person to use like, you know, heavier rock riffs with electric guitar that were over blues and gospel music, which eventually became rock and roll. And uh, a lot of people like to credit Elvis with that creation. And in reality, um, this African-American woman, Sister Rosetta Tharp of the gospel, uh, I think he may have took her title. I think she's the the queen, the original queen of rock and roll and uh, definitely gave him a lot of what he learned how to do. And if you see videos of her performing, she kind of, she does that little kind of step like Elvis did. So, um, you know, it really, it's hard to say how much of it, like how much control he had over divulging his influences when it came to like, you know, the control of the record labels and stuff like that. So you can't, can't quite fault him with that. Obviously you can fault him with marrying a 14 year old. That's creepy and weird. No way around that. But you can't say he didn't have a spectacular voice. He did, but regardless, at the same time, a lot of sketchy stuff <laughs> surrounding that time period and uh, the suppression of African-American arts. And this is definitely one of those examples where this woman deserved much more credit than she ever did get. Uh, but regardless, she did have a touring career and uh, was a major gospel recording artist for you know for that time and uh real incredible stuff so i'm going to show you a little snippet of her performing live and just pay attention to the riffs it's just because she was the first one to do this And no backbiter because this 
Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like uh, I can't really see what guitar is being used there. She's not actually playing the guitar there, but I do believe that she wrote all the music and composed it. And uh, she definitely did play guitar, and those sound like the riffs that she was playing, so I'm sure that she wrote this song and just hired a guitar player to do what she was would have been doing. Um, it sounds like it's a, a hollow body or semi-hollow body um, being played through... Um, some sort of tube amp and it just oh it sounds amazing and those those riffs that's just that was not a thing those those sound like rock and roll riffs and that was not a thing that people did back then and she's doing this over gospel music and these are like originally it's just incredible to listen to um to listen to her music because it's uh it's so reminiscent of I can I can hear so many artists that were very clearly influenced by her. Chuck Berry, for one. I mean, obviously Elvis, obviously. Uh, you know, like all these incredibly influential people. Um, I'm sure that Sam Cooke took influence with how she incorporated gospel music into her own genre, which is what he did, um, which is also what James Brown did. So, I mean, she definitely was a. We we have her to thank for probably rock and roll altogether. Um, I have a great deal of respect for her, uh, just ever since I heard about the way, like, you know, just who she is. Uh, she's, she's known as the original soul sister, a godmother of rock and roll. Like, you know, the people who know the, the actual history definitely understand this. Um, she's, yeah, one of a kind for sure. And an innovator. Um, Because she did use the distorted electric guitar predating the rise of electric blues, which is said to be like, you know, where... Uh, Elvis got his start with the whole building into rock and roll and the Beatles kind of transferring that from the doo-wop era into this next, you know, the the hippies, trancey era, and then into... Then we get the Zeppelin, and then we get, you know, um, we get the Who, we get rock, you know, we get rock and roll. So... Um, very interesting just to see the progression and I really I love where <laughs> the way it actually originated and I love um, the way that jazz and blues kind of just shaped the way <laughs> that music has be popular music has evolved in general um, whether it be hip-hop or rock and roll so very incredible stuff yes so uh, I haven't usually so yeah Recap, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to move on before I recap. Historical shout-out. Sister Rosetta Tharp, original soul sister, godmother of rock and roll, um, first great recording star of gospel music, and first to use distorted electric guitar, predating the rise of electric blues. So make sure you go check out Sister Rosetta Tharp. And that song I shared was called This Train. Anyway, thirsty. I'm thirsty. Please, sir, can I have some more? You can have some more when you finish the podcast. Are you... What? Who? You can have some more when you finish the podcast. I can't even do my impressions without it, sir. So I don't really know how you expect me to finish the podcast without my... Wawa! Without my precious... Wawa. Need it. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> uh... I don't usually do this, but like honestly, I saw a few really great things on Netflix this week, and I just really want to talk about them, just so you know about them and you go watch them, because you should. Everybody's like, I've watched everything. No, you haven't. You see, like, um, no, I'm not trying to be that guy. I mean, like, it didn't really occur to me for a long time, and I was one of those people. I was like, oh, I think I've seen everything. Like, no. 
So if you go on Google and you just say like best, most underrated uh, things on Netflix or Hulu or anything like that, it'll give you like these lists. And it's like, sure, there's a bunch of them. It's oversaturated. But like I had some time to kill. I, I just couldn't sleep one night. I was just looking through it and I was like, so I made a list of uh, a bunch of stuff that looked really good. And I uh, watched a few things and pretty much like hit for hit, um, everything that seemed like it was going to be that I was really going to enjoy, I have so far. And um, so, yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of hidden treasures that it like the algorithms for Netflix will show you just like a set amount of stuff, but it has like a great deal more than it's actually showing it. So you do, um, <laughs> I ate something earlier that gave me acid reflux and now I'm just sitting here like looking like a clown, you know what I mean? Thawing like a clown, being a clown. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's so many things past the algorithm that what it shows you that you can find that are just uh, quite impressive. And I, I was uh, kind of blown away with a few of the things I saw this week. So um, the first thing I'm gonna talk about was a documentary called Last Breath. And it was just unbelievable. Um, it was about these divers that go out on a regular expedition, essentially like, uh, I can't remember specifically what they were going to recover or fix, but because uh, that's not really the focus of the story at all. But um, essentially they go down and uh, they do this dive and it's just like, it's really dark down there and they have like footage from it. And that's, that's the, probably the coolest thing about it is they have footage from the dive itself. So you're like watching, um, they're describing it and it's not like a dramatic reenactment. It's like what really happened. And it's a crazy story. It's really insane. I'm not going to give it away or give you a spoiler. Um, cause I want you to, you should go watch it and definitely go enjoy it for yourself. Cause it was just one of the most amazing documentaries I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, so it's these, uh, this group of divers, they go on this expedition, they go down, um, and they have what, so they, they have these two divers that essentially they just go into the deep and they're in the dark and you can see the footage and what they have what's called an umbilical that attaches them, the umbilical attaches them to uh, the bell or like the, the main rig where they're coming from and essentially it's like their air, it's their communication, it's their everything. Um, so they have two umbilicals going down and one guy's umbilical gets wrapped around like a piece of machinery and he can't get it loose. And it's like ripping the umbilical, which is this extremely strong material. And uh, you can hear, it's haunting because you can hear in like, because if this guy's umbilical detaches, they like, he doesn't have a way to, he has like these two containers that can get him out of this situation. Uh, but it's five minutes of air in each container. So, and they need like 45 minutes to be able to get the gear back up and then send somebody back out to get him. Um, it's crazy. Uh, he only has 10 minutes of air. They, they take like 40 minutes to get him back in. They don't tell you whether he lives or dies um, till the end of the movie. It's really kind of just insane and intense and horrific. <laughs> um, so I'm not gonna get into what happens past that, but yeah. Uh, it's actual footage of these guys trying to help this guy and you can hear, it's haunting because you can hear the sound, hear the actual sound of the umbilical snapping, like each piece of it. And it's just horrifying because as you're hearing it happen, you have one of the expert divers explaining to you what you're hearing and how horrified they were. And just like, you know, um, essentially they end up recovering a body, so... 
go and watch it. It's moving. It's just keeps you guessing. Uh, it's just one of the most unbelievable stories I've. It, and it's also incredible because these people are so extremely passionate about what they do. They're just so passionate um, about diving, and the way they talk about it is so fun to watch. And I feel like everybody does definitely have a passion, even if you think you don't. And if you don't think you do, it's just because you don't know what being passionate truly is. And it's like when you see it and you can observe it and you can really know what you're looking at, I feel like it can truly inspire you to eventually find that because you're going to want to find that. You're not going to see somebody feel that way and be like, oh, I don't want to feel that way. You're going to want to go looking for the thing that makes you feel that way. So I just think this is an incredible documentary all around. These guys are super passionate about what they do and they're super passionate about each other. And they know each other's families and like they have, you know, the divers that they're, they're recovering his wife on there. And it's just, oh my God, like watch it. It's, I didn't expect nearly what I got. It's just so incredible. Um, moving on, I finally watched this movie that I've, I've heard about um, for a few years called Chef with John Favreau. And I was just, I was so blown away by it. I didn't expect it to be what it was. Um, another movie just about people who are super passionate about what they do. It's not specifically them, though, like it is in Last Breath. It's actors, but the, it's, it's John Leguizamo and John Favreau. If you don't know who John Leguizamo is, like, where have you been? He's, he's, he's been in, like, 50 movies. He's everywhere. Um, I, he's probably been in more than that. Regardless, John, John Favreau is the director of Mandalorian. <laughs> I think he obviously directed this as well. Um, I remember I saw on a chef show he was directing that he was talking about all the the traveling he did to different chefs and learning about cooking, and he actually learned how to cook for the movie. And it's a, it's a movie about a guy who's working at a, a major restaurant, and it's like a gourmet, top-rated restaurant in L.A., and uh, they get a bad review. And the guy doesn't really know how Twitter works <laughs> and hops on there and gets all mad at the, the food critic and, you know, is cussing him out and stuff and doesn't understand and then it goes viral and uh, essentially, yeah, he, the, the owner of the restaurant is the reason that he got the bad review. He wanted to make a creative menu and the owner was essentially like, nope, you stick to the, the classics. Everybody wants the classics. And, uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's so enthralling and amazing. And, I mean, this is all, like, you know, this doesn't really spoil anything because this movie's more about the experience. It's like, what I'm telling you right now, you should still watch it. It's not going to make it any less enjoyable because there's just so much to take in um, from just the incredible acting, like, the incredible acting. I mean, John Favreau's boss, who, like, he eventually ends up walking away from, is Dustin Hoffman. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's just... Incredible. Uh, the movie's moving. Um, he goes off and opens up his own food truck. He sucks up to this investor who's actually his ex-wife's ex-husband, uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, this movie's amazing. You need to check it out. It's just so spectacular. Uh, uh, it's it's one of those feel-good movies that just doesn't come around very often. Like I haven't I haven't really felt like that watching a movie since I saw maybe like Mr. Holland's Opus. I don't know, like something about it. Just um, and this is this is not like him, the chef teaching a bunch of you know a music class or a cooking class or something like that. But like the way that he treats his like he is with his son 
and the way that he is with his um, the people that work for him is just uh, he's he's an insp- like it's inspiring to watch just because it seems so realistic uh, the way that they depict the kitchen and the acting and it's just such a great feel good movie and I feel like right now like who doesn't need that. <laughs> But regardless, it had me laughing. It had me feeling really good pretty much the whole time. You know, it gets kind of sad at a point, like every movie. And regardless, the way it resolves is spectacular. You should definitely go watch it. I like literally at the end, it was so good. I just was like, okay, how much is the Blu-ray? Ordered it like immediately. It was like ten bucks. I just was like, okay, this is this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. So I should probably do that. Regardless, um, so good. Check out Chef right now. Uh, it's on Netflix. All of these are on Netflix. I figure I'll make it easy for you. Uh, this next one I had seen on my suggested a bunch, but I had never not watched it yet. Uh, Long Shot is a documentary about a guy who's accused of a murder, but he can't um, have done it because he was at a Dodgers game, so they have to prove he was at the Dodgers game, and just the way that they go about doing that and what unfolds and the way that it happens Uh it's just incredible. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't tell you too much without giving it away and ruining it. And like, if I don't tell you too much and you just go and watch it, it's just going to be so much better. And it's only 40 minutes. It's like, it's so short, but it's like one of the best documentaries I think I've ever seen. It's just so uh, hard hitting immediately. Um, and just go into it remembering how awful the prison system is and how awful it would be to uh, be falsely accused and go to jail and be ripped away from your family (laughs) because of racial profiling and something just absolutely ridiculous that makes no sense. Um, I could not imagine. I honestly just, you know, there were a few times during it that I kind of teared up just thinking about uh, just how awful it is that somebody has to like worry about that, their life and their uh, family's well-being to that extent just because of a mistake that the, mis- the police made. Um, and that happens all the time. If you look up the Innocence Project, uh, which you definitely need to and you should donate to them um, 100% if you have any extra after looking at what they do. The Innocence Project has gotten off thousands of people that have been falsely accused and put in prison and on death row for things that they did not do. And when they went and they reviewed the cases, and many of these cases, it was ridiculous, and it was stuff that anybody who was actually paying attention would have known was nonsense. So it's just, it's very sad. Um, But yeah, Innocence Project are doing a lot to help fix that, and Long long Shot is just a case of the the lawyer that this guy had was just relentless, and he just went to every length he he needed to go to to make it happen. Not relentless in a bad way. He was a great, he seemed like a great uh, as far as lawyers go, seemed like a great guy, and um, yeah, it's it's incredible. There's a there's there's some baseball. There's uh, Larry David's involved. I'm not gonna tell you how. <laughs> like if I don't know if you know who he is, he created Seinfeld, and he's in this show called Curb Your Enthusiasm. So definitely go watch Long Shot. Incredible, incredible documentary, and it's a super short watch. Last but not least, at all, not least even mildly, I I uh, I've been watching this show. And I just, the new season came out, and I, I have to talk about it. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is um, one of the best sitcoms, or whatever you want to call it, 
I've just ever seen. It's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. For me, my favorite sitcom, my favorite like comedy TV show of all time is The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, I don't think there's anything that's ever topped it emotionally or, or like comedy wise. It, it's just the funniest, like, but also like best encapsulation of the time. Like, I don't think any piece of television has ever made me sobbed harder than the episode where Will's dad leaves. Like, um, and like, I get, I get choked up just thinking about it. Like the, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this, I'm going to bring this thought, this thought track to the, to the place where it's going, but don't worry. Uh, but the, so the reason that I say that the Fresh Prince is the best sitcom of all time, in my opinion, is just because, uh, emotionally, it just takes you from such a wide spectrum. It will make you laugh harder than you've laughed at any other show, and it'll make you cry. It will make you, like, I have never <laughs> sobbed harder at TV than when his dad walks out and he starts, you know, venting to Uncle Phil, and he's like, I did this on my own, I did this on my own, I don't, I don't need him, I don't need him, and then he, start, he breaks down and he just goes to hell with him and starts screaming, and then he just melts down and cries and just goes, why doesn't he want me? And it, it, then Uncle Phil hugs him. And it was so, it's heartbreaking. It's just the most heart-wrenching depiction of somebody longing for their father. And when you hear just about the percentage of like African-American children who end up fatherless due to, you know, mostly the prison system wrongly convicting people in a lot of cases. <laughs> uh, it's just so, you know, and that ties back to Longshot as well. It just, it's uh, really, it's so moving. And it was just the most poignant thing I've ever seen. And this show kind of takes it there. It kind of, it gives you moments like that, but it, it's about different content because what it really focuses on is kids being bullied in school and um, there's just this moment in the first season of Cobra Kai where, like, Miguel, one of the main characters, he gets in the car with his mom, and he's just like, she's like, how was your day? And he's just like, he's such a good actor. The look on his face, he just looks at her and says, I don't want to talk about it. And the way that he says it is just, like, he, he has these, these tears in his eyes, and the way his mom reacts to the way that he says it, it's just like the kid in you that was ever, like, bullied or just made to feel like less than anyone else in school is literally just crying your heart out. <laughs> it's in that show. They just, they just continue to take it there. The third season's amazing. Uh, just the, the actors from karate kid that just carried over and, um, they just do such a good job. Like uh, Johnny Lawrence and, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm blanking on Ralph Macchio's uh, character's name. I can't even, Daniel LaRusso, obviously. It's just um, their dynamic is incredible. I, I can't really explain it. Like you have to just kind of watch it. But it's 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 campy. It's definitely campy at times. And like I think that'll turn people off from like face value. Like Friends it was campy. But it's like when you get into the show and you really know what's happening and you understand and you're invested in the characters, it's just so moving and good. And this third season, like, the sec the first season was amazing. The second season, the first half was okay. Uh, like, you know, I, well, I think the second season in general was just kind of okay. But it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was really good. But just, like, the first season blew it out of the water. And then this third season, 
it seems I think it's uh I'm like one episode from the end, but I think it's gonna blow away both of the first seasons. It's just amazing, moving. They're tying it back to all of the old karate kid movies. I don't know if they're nostalgic for you. Definitely are for me. I loved those movies back when I was a kid and this show just really does that connection justice. I cannot suggest it enough. Go watch Cobra Kai. It's just amazing. Uh, anyway, next. News. We got some news. Oh, man. A lot of people, uh, a lot of really great musicians died recently, and it really sucks. So I'm just going to do a little shout-out for them. Um, MF Doom, of course, passed. Very sad. Uh, rapper that was really killing it in like the mid-thousands. Um, he was very well-known. Uh, not like mainstream, but a lot of... Uh, he did inspire a lot of people you'd be surprised here. I mean, like even Tom York from Radiohead came out and was talking about how amazing MF Doom was and how influential MF Doom was and uh, innovative. So, really cool. I'm going to show you a little snippet of a song called Doomsday from MF Doom right I used to cop a lot, when up a cop don't drop. Hold mics like ponytails tight and bobble ops. Stop, stick around, come through and dig the sound on the fly brown 6060 cycle. Who throws a dick around? Bound to go three flat, came to destroy rap. It's an intricate plot of a B boy strap. Fem stack cats get kidnapped. Then release a statement to the press, let the rest know who did that. Metal fist terrorists claim responsibility. Broken household name usually set in hostility. Um, what is MF, you silly? I like to take men's to the end for two milli. That's the audio daily double. Rappers need to fall off just the same in the trouble, yo. Watch your own back, him in and go out alone, black. Stay in the zone, turn H2O to cognac. On Tuesday, ever since the womb, till I'm back with my brother went. That's what my Yeah, I, I hadn't really listened to him before I was like, uh, looking up news for this episode, to be honest with you. Like, he's awesome. That's so cool. That's like, you like your piano, that's like... Reminiscent, it kind of reminds me of Cream by Wu Tang with the beat. It's like, oh, it's so, but like his his rhymes are filthy. But he kind of reminds me of like ODB almost. So like very very Wu Tang ish. And I mean, it, like he moved to, from what I uh, read, he he moved from England to Long Island at a young age. So I mean, that makes sense. I mean, Wu Tang was Staten Island, of course, but I mean, <laughs> not far away. So I mean, I could see definitely where the uh, you know how that could turn around. And oh wow. He's great. MF Doom was really great. That's very sad. Um, I got a, a really cool article from NPR um, included in the description and also the YouTube link to that song. For your listening pleasure. Yes, but uh, MF Doom is very cool. Make sure you inform yourself if you're not sure who he is. Uh, the next one, uh, another one, a, a jazz pianist, Claude Bowling, Bowling who made a creator of popular jazz classical suites has died, very sad. Um, I got a little clip from a song of his for you to hear. Very beautiful, very talented man. Let's check this out. Claude Bowling, this is Baroque and Blue. So, um, I don't know. For If you don't like jazz, you probably aren't crazy about that. I thought that was really cool. I think he's got uh, a lot of talent. He's got, these guys got chops. He's got chops. He had chops. Uh, very sad. Very sad to hear of his passing. Make sure you check out Claude Bowling. Um, 
meet a lot of jazz standards and such. Yes, regardless. Moving on. Uh, the last death I'm going to mention, just because I don't want to get into, and you know, I'm sure there were more, but this, these are the ones that I heard about. Uh, Tony Rice, uh, guitarist, who was very influential from an early time, uh, passed away. I looked him up as well. Very talented, very cool, uh, very sad. So let's check this out. Tony Rice, Church Street Blues. like James Taylor with more chops. Jeez, this guy's aw- he was awesome. Oh my goodness. That guy shreds. He shreds and he's got a voice, that tone, bassy, boomy tone. Mmm. Mm, I want some of that chocolate cake. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> I hope you're not afraid. <laughs> yeah, Tony Rice. He uh, sounds great. He's got a really cool mustache. Just a mix- Make sure you go check out uh, his music. R.I.P. That's very sad. The next one, I found a really cool news story on NPR of an interview with Robert Johnson's younger stepsister about living with him in his earlier years. Um, Very interesting. I don't know if you know who Robert Johnson is. He's one of the most influential blues guitarists of all time. I'll probably do my historical shout-out to him next week. Hand to him. (laughs) Maybe. Definitely, I think so. Yeah, Robert Johnson's amazing. He, um, there's a great documentary on Netflix about him as well. Uh, I think it's called Devil at the Crossroads. Uh, he's essentially, it's about how he wanted to be very good, wasn't very good, would go to bars and people would be not very impressed, and then he just kind of went off for about a year and a half and then came back and was just shredding and way better than anyone had ever seen. Um, and was doing things that are that people are influenced by even today. And this was like the 1920s or earlier. I think this was in the 1910s. So yeah, um, this seems like a very interesting thing. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the interview yet. I didn't want to, I mean, I figured I'd mention it to you. That way you need to watch it. I don't want to give away too much about it anyway. So regardless, very cool. Brother Robert, um, interview about living with Robert Johnson. Um, in his earlier years from his younger stepsister on NPR. I have the link attached uh, to all of my descriptions below. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. Next up. <laughs> um, people weren't crazy about the stimulus package, apparently. So Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell's homes were vandalized. I got a, a link uh, attached below that shows pictures of what they wrote, it's just people with really poor spelling and, and, and writing that were essentially just like, where's my money? <laughs> but it says, where's my money without the H because they don't know how to spell. So it was funny. Um, regard- it's kind of funny. Regard- they got insurance. They'll be all right. They didn't get hurt. It's okay. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely never a good thing to hear about people's homes getting vandalized. And I'm not saying they deserve it at all. Um, 
I'm just I, I think it's kind of comical just just simply because of the fact that a they can afford it b they'll be okay c like why do politics matter right now when it comes to this why were we not able to figure this out till the election happened? We can't shelve the egos of the babies in the high chairs in the White House long enough to figure out how to bail out the entire country from the poor leadership that stemmed from there in the first place. Sorry, Joe Biden, but like I just I don't care about the election when it comes to people people's livelihoods and people being okay. And the fact that we are forced to make that a priority because People are like, well, we can't work together to make sure humanity is okay because we don't agree. <laughs> you literally sound like children. You literally sound like school children. I don't understand that that that's you're on the playground right now arguing over who's gonna use the swings, and people are literally dying in the meantime. <laughs> Not even just because of the virus, because their businesses are going under and they're killing themselves because their life savings are being drained. So um, I don't care that their homes are vandalized at all because they are part of the reason that this is... Like this system, they're not the reason for the system, but they're partaking in the system and it's not like they're not benefiting from it more than any of us. So to be honest with you, do I care? No, because regardless, they should be for the people. All the politicians ever do is prove that they will say to the people what they need to in order to look after themselves. So we know this. We've known this. This is no joke. I mean, go if you have any confusion about what's wrong with the American government, go watch The Untold History of the United States on Netflix. Go watch that. Oliver Stone directed it. It's not BS. It's real. It's not fake news. And it talks, it goes all the way back to before Harry Truman and uh, the nuke and talks about how he knew, Truman knew that Japan had surrendered and decided we're going to bomb Hiroshima anyway to show what the bomb can do. And then after he saw what it could do, tried to play off that it was... uh, they didn't know that they didn't know that they were going to surrender. And there's documentation of this and it's horrifying. And there's, there's like, there's a documentation of all kinds of horrific things that have been done and committed by our government. Regardless though, those are people. It's not one entity. Um, we have to focus on those specific people that wish us harm and try to phase them out so that we can put in people that are for the people. <laughs> If you want to be in power, you shouldn't be. If, if your reason for doing it is because you want to be in power, you should. I just said that. Regardless, um, if you're not in the throes of fighting for the struggle of humanity already when whoever deems you qualified to rule puts you in charge, then you shouldn't be there. And the reality is we've just had a lineage of trust fund babies that kind of just fumble their way through the presidency, pretending to be wholesome, well-educated adults. And in reality, it's, pro- it's probably not even their fault half the time. I mean, <laughs> when it comes to this guy that we just had, I wouldn't say that's the case. That the, the, I mean, he may have, he, he put himself in those shoes. He wanted it. He got it. 
careful what you wish for. That's the way I look at that. Um, regardless, I think there's just all these different forces trying to mislead people in order to perpetrate a win for their political candidate because they care more about that than humanity. And I am not okay with it. <laughs> it makes me feel very unsafe. And I have to just ignore the news and politics on a regular basis because of it. So, yeah, I don't care about your house getting egged. I'm very glad that uh, you know you maybe have a little taste of reality that most Americans have to deal with on a daily basis because of the economic situation that we're forced to sit in with the stranglehold that we are put in by people not being able to put their egos aside to solve problems. Regardless, moving on, Justin Bieber still thinks he can take on Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's still tweeting about it. Okay, he probably doesn't really think that. It's probably just a good troll. It's funny. It's really funny. He knows Tom Cruise isn't going to fight him, even because... Tom Cruise knows he's going to win. Then Tom Cruise knows he's going to have to go to court and deal with it. He's going to have to hire a Scientologist lawyer to be like, the aliens hold Tom Cruise in high regard, so you can't take him from us. And then the judge is going to be like, okay, well, he's Tom Cruise, so you win. <laughs> Regardless, there's a funny article about it uh, from Billboard in the link. Moving on, this next section, really cool. I thought I would do a uh, This Day in the Music I found this website called thisdayinthemusic.com, and uh, today I'm recording is January 3rd, so this day in the music, I'm going to do a few different events uh, that happened this day in the music. This day, January 3rd, 1964, the Beatles were for the first, for the second time on U.S. television. I can read, and I can think, and I can speak, but sometimes I just don't do them correctly. And I don't know why, but regardless... Uh, January 3rd, 1967, Carl Wilson refused to be drafted, stating he's a conscientious objector. Good for Carl. That's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm saying that you should desert the army, but I am saying that at that time and at this time, the army works for vested interests that are not working for you or humanity. And we know this now, so I can say that without having to look over my shoulder, because it's not like it's not common knowledge amongst millions of people. Um, that's a fact. Am I saying that the army is, that, that we shouldn't support our troops? Oh my God, absolutely not. We need to support our troops. There are, there are, there are people, and those people are there because they care about you. I'm just saying the people who own them, I question if they care about you. But... I have family in the Army. I support the Army. I support the troops 100%. I would never say anything else. Would I join the Army? If you explain to me the cause that I'm fighting for and I believe in it, yes. But if you just tell me that I'm protecting America in general vague terms based on what I know about the government, it's not a question of bravery. It's a but I don't want to go deeper on that because I really do respect everybody that is in the Army and especially, you know, I have family in the Army, so I'm not going to go ahead and bash anybody that would make the decision because they're doing it for good reasons and they're going to get good things out of it. I do believe that. I don't believe that people go into the Army and just lose everything. I mean, but <sighs> that does happen. You know most, not most of, but a lot of the people that are homeless on the street are veterans. We all know that. Because they come back and they don't know how to do anything other than have PTSD from the horrid things they were forced to see. So you really got to wonder why we keep doing it. Do we, do we need to be over there? 
I don't I don't know enough about it to say for sure, but like to to be honest with you, I just feel like um, we know now that war is a business. It is not a necessity. And it doesn't benefit you. And it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't benefit the people that would listen to this. <laughs> it benefits people, a, a very small group, with a vested interest, who don't care about where their money comes from. Anyway, moving on. Uh, 1976, January 3rd, Hurricane by Bob Dylan peaked at number 33 on Billboard and got enough traction to eventually get Reuben Hurricane Carter released from prison. We need prison reform, just so bad. Just so badly, prison reform. Right now, Biden, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Prison reform, right now. And then, uh, you know, it works its way outward to the police. You know what I mean? Because, like, if you change where the police are bringing the people to, isn't it going to change the way that the police have to operate? I don't know. I don't know enough about that either. I'm literally just... In, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm a musician. <laughs> I know about music. I like to observe, though. So I'm totally game for conversations. And if anything I say offends you or is wrong or way off base, please just let me know. I totally will listen. I, I'm not set in stone on my views. Um, you know... I, I go with the information I have. If I get new information and it's better than the information I had, I'd be an idiot to not go with that new information. Regardless, moving on, 1987, January 3rd, Aretha Franklin, first woman inducted into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hell yes, that is awesome. 1987, January 3rd. Last one, you ready for this? 2020, January 3rd. Rod Stewart drunkenly stumbles into a hotel with his son, and they try to get into a private party, but they are denied access. So he goes, well, Maggie, I wouldn't have... And he just, like, punches the cops. That's not really what happened. I, uh, he was charged, though, with assault by the police. Uh, maybe not assault, but he was charged by the police for trying to get into a private party, not being able to do that, and then being volatile toward the police. Um... <laughs> I don't think any less of Rod Stewart. I love Rod Stewart. You'd have to do more than that to make me not like Rod Stewart. Um, that said, it's funny. <laughs> I didn't mention it because I saw that, and I was like, wow. That was last year. He's still, he's still kicking. He's just like, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm just happy he's here. Hell yeah. Regardless of uh, you know how many hotels he's, and private parties he's trying to finagle his way into. <laughs> Regardless. All right, got a few things left. I was going to go over some my industry commentary, and this is very short and sweet and to the point. Uh, going to shows when they come back, of course, you know, not you can't really do it right now, is the only true way to network to any success in the music industry, period. Like, everything that I have came because I went and I worked at the Worcester Palladium, and then I met the promoter there, and I met the people there, and I got shows there, and then we did well there, and then we moved on to Providence, we met everyone there, and then we moved on to Connecticut, we moved, met everyone there, moved on to Maine, we moved on to New Hampshire, we moved on to Vermont, we moved on to Virginia, we moved on to Florida. You know, that's just how it worked. It started with the Palladium and me working shows and getting to know people and networking. It was everything, everybody's... All these musicians are always asking me, like, you know, how do you do this stuff? How do you get these shows? How do you do this stuff? Go to shows. 
I was going, I was working at the Palladium for two years before I ever opened for a national. And then once we started opening for nationals, we started having really great opportunities on a regular basis because I had established this base connection with the venue. And I, they weren't, it wasn't just about the tickets. This promoter believed in us and wanted to help us get further and get to a point where we could do that. Whereas if you just go in trying to play the show and you haven't been going to the shows and you don't know the people, you're not going to get that assistance. You're just going to get a no the next time you ask to play a show if you show up the first time and don't do that well. So there really is a method and a technique to this that's uh, a lot deeper than people realize. It's a lot deeper than just, we got a great album now, so can we play some shows? If you have no fan base... You need to go to shows and get to know people, get to know your area, figure out where you want to start, what do you want to be your home? What do you want to be your hometown? Go there, make sure there's a music scene there. If there's not, go to the closest place with a music scene. To anybody who's not very close to one with a music scene, I'm really sorry for my attitude because I'm not trying to be a jerk to you. I, I feel really, you know, you, you, if you, you can manifest. Whatever you want in this world, manifest an environment where you're close to a music scene and then go to shows. When they come back, and they are safe, of course. Obviously, don't put anyone's life at risk. But, the, I mean, there are COVID-safe events where people are completely separate. The tables are 20 feet away from each other. The performer's 20 feet away. Everyone's got masks on. That happens. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not telling anyone to go to those. But if, if you're wondering why I'm not acknowledging that, I, I don't encourage people to go to those. But if you want to go out, it's not... Uns it's, there's no proof in any way, shape, or form that it's unsafe in this area. Down south, I've heard that people are a, a little less, you know, a little more easygoing, so it's harder to keep those rules established. Whereas here, people leave their table to go to the bathroom, mask is on, period. If it's not, they're kicked out immediately. I've never seen that happen. <laughs> so um, regardless, go to shows when they come back if you're in a band and you want to network. It's the only way... This is the way. Yeah, anyway. All right. Last but not least, Charity of the Week. Wildlife Conservation Society. They do amazing stuff. Um, a lot of people donate to the, wild, the World Wildlife Fund, WWF, with the, the Panda Bear, because uh, that's like the first one that pops up. But they are really kind of a corporate entity that, from my understanding and what I've read, if I'm wrong, let me know. But from what I've heard, they kind of just funnel their money into things rapidly and disrupt ecosystems trying to help but not really knowing specifically what they're doing wildlife conservation society has like on their website a list of the animals that they're like observing they do geotags they do like uh, gps transmitters that are like safe for the animal but then they're able to track the animal take care of the animals that are endangered and make sure that they're okay and that they're not um but without disrupting their ecosystem which is what from what i've heard world wildlife fund does so if you want to help endangered species, which they really, really need it right now. They really need it, like so bad. I can't stress it enough. Please, please donate to Wildlife to uh, Wildlife Conservation Society. Please look into wildlife conservation if you care <laughs> about the planet existing the way that we know it and love it. Because <laughs> it's completely, completely important. Um, I'm definitely going to go into some ocean charities as well because our coral reefs are dying and they're just extremely important. So then that also goes into the climate change issue. But I mean, we could talk about that another time. Regardless, um, 
I love you. Have a great, awesome week. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world. I love doing this. Going to keep doing it. I'm going to say that every week because I just, I'm surprised. I didn't expect to really like it that much, and I really love it. So you're great. You're free. You're free to go. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Just kidding. I've been adding a little unreleased snippet of music that I haven't put out yet at the end of these. So if you like it, let me know. Heck yeah. I hope you hope you dig it. And um, yeah, don't show it to anyone. I'm just kidding. You can. It's it's not licensed yet. <laughs> One day. Until then, Luke Skywalker. Bye.